Welcome to Sliding Doors, the podcast that delves into the decisions and moments that shape our lives. I am Jenny Becker, and throughout my life, career and relationships, I've always been fascinated with the notion that everything happens for a reason, alongside my love for the 90s movie classic, Sliding Doors. Have you ever really thought about those moments that shaped your life? Those decisions that could have gone either way in the opportunities presented to you? What if you had taken that job? or told that person in high school how much you like them. Each episode, I will talk to some amazing people from all walks of life and chat about their sliding doors moments. We will reflect on how a decisional moment changed the course of their lives and how things might have looked if they had never happened. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. My guest today is Amanda Wakeley. Amanda is a fashion designer, creative director and broadcaster, and is one of Britain's most celebrated and influential talents, being awarded an OBE in 2010. Amanda grew up in Cheshire, and after a short stint as a fashion model in the 80s, in 1990 she set up her signature line, Amanda Wakeley. And for over 30 years, she built her award-winning international brand, becoming a firm favourite with some of the world's most stylish women, including Diana, Princess of Wales, Catherine, Princess of Wales, Beyonce and Jennifer Lopez. Now she is in the second stage of her career, focusing on consulting, broadcasting and presenting. And last year, she launched her podcast, Amanda Wakely Style DNA, where she discovers the lives behind the looks of some famous faces. Her accolades include three British Fashion Awards, an OBE in recognition for her contribution to the fashion industry, and her role as founding co-chair of Fashion Targets Breast Cancer, and an honorary Doctor of the Arts. 
Away from the drawing board, Amanda is passionate about the arts, mentoring, her flock of pedigree sheep and all things outdoors. I cannot wait to delve into the amazing moments that have built her life so far. So welcome to Sliding Doors, Amanda. Thank you very much, Jenny. What an introduction. Well, what a woman. Um, It's really lovely to have you here today. Um, I've loved your clothes for such a long time. I think my listeners know I used to work in fashion and I've been to some of your shows. So I'm so excited to find out all about you um, and chat to you today. Great. Well, I'm really excited to be here. So I would love to start off with what kind of initially inspired you and made you get into fashion and I guess especially kind of the evening wear sector. You know, it's an interesting one. I always made clothes ever since I was a a young girl. I would, um, you know, either delve into the dressing up box and start remodeling things that were in there or shop in secondhand stores and buy, buy pieces and then reinvent them or restyle them. And, um, I moved to America when I was 19 and I got loosely involved in the fashion industry, both through modeling and working in both wholesale and retail. And when I moved back to the UK at the end of the 80s, I couldn't actually find that sort of easy, effortless, sports luxury type clothing that I had discovered and loved in the States. And I was... I remember sort of shopping in Browns of South Moulton Street and I was wearing my sort of floor-length black suede duster coat that I had made and one of the sales assistants coming up to me and saying, oh my God, where is that from? And thinking, well, actually I made it myself and I was almost embarrassed to say that I'd made it myself. But I had several of those moments and and I thought there must be a gap in the market and it was sort of... Um, pre the Donners and the Calvins and the Ralphs sort of really coming to the UK and in in, in Europe in a big way. And, and sure enough, there was a gap in the market for that sort of easy, understated luxury. And so I started mm-hmm. in a tiny way from a tiny design studio um, in the back end of Chelsea and just made a, a very little collection of pieces that I I loved and sold them to friends and friends of friends. What a lovely story. And I think, you know, as women, like as a girl, I grew up and I was just obsessed with dresses and big dresses. I just couldn't wait to get married one day so I could wear a big, long dress. And was there something that you loved about that, the glamour and the style of kind of that side of, of what you did? I think I was always really aware of how clothes made me feel. And that was that was a fundamental um, piece of the equation of creating my own label. Um, I wanted women to feel like the best versions of themselves. I wanted women to feel elevated and empowered and cocooned and, yes, the best version of themselves. And, you know, I. I think I always really understood the sort of psyche behind getting dressed. You know, as you were just saying, you just couldn't wait to wear, to get married, to wear a, you know, beautiful long white dress. But, but I bet you it was not just the beautiful long white dress. It was how you would feel that you would feel probably like a princess on the day or whatever that feeling was, but you would feel amazing. And that's why you're so good at what you do. 
Oh, thank you. But it's that sort of psychology that ran through my whole collection. I think that was, um, you know, the, the importance of how things feel and how they are on the inside and the outside. So for me, it was always important that the inside of a garment was as beautiful as the outside because you, the wearer, had that silk lining against you. That feels gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Um, you, the wearer, knows that the cut makes you feel just that little bit better, that little bit more confident, that little bit more cocooned or empowered or whatever you want you want to say. And so it was that, so sort of turning that on its head for the podcast and and sort of understanding that there's so much psyche in, in clothing, that mm-hmm. that's been the fun journey for me. Yeah. And, you know, talking about your podcast and the fact that you're, you delve into kind of people's style and their style DNA, why do you think it is important for people to find their own style? Oh, good question. I think because once you're feeling at home in your style and your clothes, you can sort of forget it, which is, isn't that the point? So that your, your clothes just feel a beautiful, effortless elevation of you to allow you to get on with your day, with your evening, in the best possible way. Um, you know, it. I'm always very aware when people are clearly not comfortable in their clothes. I mean, I remember sort of days mm-hmm. in the store when, you know, if I was seeing a client and if someone came out of a fitting room looking uncomfortable, I'd send them straight back in and tell them to take it off and try something else. Because your body language talks a lot about you. And... Um, and so at the end of the day, it's, it's about you, about you being able to project yourself in, in the most positive light and not worrying about your clothes or your waistband being too tight or too loose or um, just not feeling at home in your clothes. Yeah. And also, I guess for some people, the way that they express themselves is through their style. You know, they may not be the most confident. They may not love speaking to people and, you know, being in certain situations, but the clothes is kind of what what gives them that confidence. And I wanted to ask you, what what were you like um, when you were younger? So you've mentioned a bit before about, you know, how you got into the, you know, the fashion realm. But what was Amanda like as a child? Oh, a tomboy. Really? <laughs> a tomboy, yeah, with my two older brothers and sort of into sport and um that that hasn't changed. Um but um but always loved getting dressed too, really enjoyed that journey and enjoyed I really loved the whole making, the whole crafting of a garment, of a piece. Mm-hmm. I you know, I learned that. As a, a, from a very young age, I had a wonderful babysitter who um, had this this sort of. My mother would drop me off at her, and she had this sort of room full of crafting materials, and just to delve into there. And she had bits of leather and lovely embroidery thread and all the rest of it. And she she really nurtured that spirit of crafting in me, and I still to this day am inspired by beautiful craftsmanship I love seeing craftsmanship at its best 
I love that, that your babysitter is a sliding doors moment in your life. Because I guess if she hadn't have had all of that around you, maybe you wouldn't have, I don't know, got as much love as you did. You're, you're so right. I mean, really was a sliding doors moment in my life. And, and perhaps, you know, if I'd been the first child, not the third, who knows? Or, you know, maybe she'd not been around. I, I don't know. Um, but I, I felt very, I've got so many happy memories of delving into those, you know, like those big um, old um, cabinets with millions of drawers in them. And it was like this journey of discovery going and, and sort of looking at what was in each drawer. Oh, I love that. I can just picture it now. Um, and I mentioned in the introduction of how many incredible people worldwide have worn your designs and how did it feel when people chose to wear your designs? What was that feeling like for you? Oh, it's it's always a fantastic um, endorsement of you and what you do when some of the world's most beautiful or famous women choose to wear weight leaf, particularly for important moments. Because, you know, you were you were talking earlier about how, um, you know, your clothes can really um, define you. And and I often think of of clothes as being our are very soft armour. I know armour is quite an aggressive word, but but they are what sits mm-hmm. between our naked selves and the rest of the world. We message through them. We, you know, we build ourselves up through them. They, you know, they tell a story. And so um, when when a woman chooses to wear Wakely, it's, it's, a, it's a special moment. Yeah, and you make a really great point because I guess it doesn't matter if it's Beyonce or Jennifer Lopez, actually people that get married and you have your design on them for the most important day of their life must feel as special for you. Completely, completely. You know, you really, you want to feel like a, a goddess on your wedding day. And gosh, if if I can, can have been part of that process, it's, it's a real privilege. Oh, it's amazing, Amanda. And I now we've said we now kind of feel like you're in this new chapter of your life um, and maybe you've had a bit of a reset of everything. So do you want to kind of explain what life is like now for you? Life is super busy, Jenny. Um, I <laughs> I um, did the first series of my podcast, Style DNA, and um, it had some fantastic support. And I'm mid-recording series two, um, at the same time as doing some writing and um, on, you know, on fashion, um, as well as building up my whole social media presence in a in a new way, and um, it is it's really busy, but I, it feels really really exciting to have this new chapter and to be having some some great conversations with possible collaborators um you know i have this vision that i would love to get an amanda wakely edit out there for a much wider audience than mm. the original collection had and and we're having some some very positive conversations on on precisely that because i think in this you know there's so much there's so much stuff out there, so much choice, but I still mm-hmm. massively believe in our wardrobe essentials, those building blocks of our of our wardrobe. And if those could be 
sustainably, ethically sourced at a really, a really sensible price, that would be very exciting. That's so exciting. And how how would you say this new chapter has kind of changed you as a person? Do you feel like you've do you feel like you're kind of like Amanda 2.0? Do you feel like you've evolved, you've developed? What what's really changed for you? Gosh, I feel like life is a journey and you you have chapters of your life. And um this this is very definitely a new chapter. And I god, I, I feel just very lucky to be so excited by this new chapter, have so much opportunity in this new chapter. I feel like I've got a better balance in my life right now mm-hmm. um, between sort of uh, work, health, fitness, family. Um, that, feels, that feels more balanced now. You know, the, the fashion world is, is a relentless uh, amazing but brutal industry and it's exhausting it really is you know when you're churning out six collections a year and that's just ready to wear and then you've got bags on top of it and then you've got yeah. jewelry and you've got all of these different things going on you feel like you're on this hamster wheel that's just getting faster and faster and faster and when you stand back from it um you I, I have this opportunity to say, okay, so what next? And and this is part of the new next. Yeah. And that's so nice to hear because I guess balance is what we're all striving for. So it's nice that you're on your journey to finding more balance in your life. And throughout your whole career so far, you've done so, so much. What would you say is your proudest moment? Oh, gosh. Um, I think... Uh, Many, um, I think, um, receiving my OBE was a huge honour. Um, you know, to be to be recognised. Um, but I also think, you know, it was often those little moments of being with a customer in the store and seeing them seeing them transformed by putting something on that maybe had taken them slightly out of their comfort zone and that they just came out of the fitting room completely owning it. And and I'll never forget mm-hmm. um, a client saying to me, gosh, whenever I've got a tricky day at work, I always reach for Wakely. And I just thought that that's always made me feel very, very good. So yes, there's the there's the wonderful moments of awards and, you know, celebrities wearing Wakely but there's also that those moments and that's the ultimate compliment that's what we all want and as you say it's what keeps you grounded like you're the fact that something that you visualize you've created has made someone else feel good must be one of the best feelings in the world so I, I love that um and before we go on to talk about your moments specifically I wanted to ask you firstly have you seen the film and secondly what are your beliefs when it comes to the sliding doors theory so the idea of fate, coincidence, timing, what do you believe in? I have seen the film and I loved it. And I think, I don't know anyone that it doesn't resonate with. Um, I am a big believer in fate, although I'm also a big believer in the harder you work, the luckier you get. And so um, I think it's it's a fine line between hard work and 
visualizing yourself at the at the other side of it um and and i do think in life there are a lot of moments where you know it everything comes together and it gels and you you know you've got to be ready for that opportunity is there um and unless all of those things come together at the same time that moment can pass and may never come back again mm-hmm and it's such a mixture of everything, isn't it? It is hard work. It is timing. You know, it is a bit of fate. I think you've got to just be ready for all of it, to, as you say, gel together, mix together. And I think that's that's a kind of great way to put it. So we'll go into talking about your slime does moments. So your first one is deciding not to go to art school and moving to the US instead, where I learned about the fashion industry and from another perspective, other than traditional fashion college. So This is such a great moment and decision as I think it really shows that we don't always have to go down the conventional path to be successful. So do you want to explain what made you not go to art school and how was this such a sliding doors moment for you? Well, um, the truth is I started my foundation course and um, I'd been lucky enough to have the most incredible art and history of art teacher at school for my A-levels. And um, she, it was she was so inspirational, and she she basically allowed my A level years to be like a university education. The way she nurtured mm-hmm. and taught, and so when I went to start my foundation course, I just I felt like I was stepping back like two years. And it felt, really? it just didn't feel right. And I, I'd just always been one of those kids that was in a hurry to grow up. You know, I was in a hurry to be independent, in a hurry to get going. You know, I had a part-time job from when I was, whenever whenever I was, you know, 15 or whatever it was, because I wanted to get out there, be productive, make my own money, make my own decisions about how I spent my money that I'd earned. And so... Yeah that sort of sinking feeling on day three or four of this foundation course and thinking, oh my God, you've got another four years of this ahead of you, a year for the foundation, oh then three years yeah. in a fine arts or a fashion. And I just thought, mm, maybe not. And um, that was the moment. And I wasn't actually clear the direction that I wanted to go in. I wasn't clear that... I I wanted to go into fashion. At that point, it was just, yeah. you know, I'd, I'd done very well with my art at school and my art teacher was very encouraging about how I should go off and, you know, do a fine arts degree, et cetera, et cetera. But I wasn't feeling it. And, um, and at the same time, I wanted to move to another country. I wanted it to be warm and sunny and I just wanted to be independent and a grown-up and that I mean I know that sounds ridiculous yeah. so my boyfriend and I headed off to to Florida it was the dream for all of us where it was warm and sunny and they spoke English because my languages were rubbish um so uh, you know got a got a real estate license and sold timeshare from the beach and all of that and then I fell into modeling and that then took me up to New York and then 
I had the opportunity to work with the most brilliant designer and retailer who he the the best um a comparison I can give is he was like the Joseph of New York. So, you know, as in Joseph Vitegi. Yeah. And so he was a brilliant designer and a brilliant retailer. And so I had the chance to work with him in both his wholesale showroom and um, as well as his expanding retail empire. And I just learned so much from him. And Again, I, I didn't at that point have a strategic plan that I'll do this for two years and then I'll go back to England and I'll start a label and all of that. It was it mm-hmm. was just an evolution of being at the time. You know, it was the it was the mid eighties, the club scene in in New York was amazing. It was inspiring. The retail and um fashion world was exploding. Um and it was just really exciting to be around. Amanda, this is such a brilliant moment. I feel like I've learned so much about you just from from that couple of minutes. And I wanted to ask, so when you when you look back at the decision, because you said you knew like after a couple of days that this just wasn't right for you. Um, is it kind of gut that gives you these decisions? And did any did you kind of seek advice from anyone? Or was anyone telling you, Amanda, what are you doing? This is a stupid decision. Or you're just kind of quite a headstrong person that you knew this was what you were going to do? I think the ability to trust your gut and particularly as women, I think we get better and better at it if we listen to what we're being told. I think it's a phenomenal um, strength. It's a superpower that we have. Um, My parents were very anti what I did. Um, and we, we have laughed about it so much. Um, (laughs) but, but they, they knew I was an adult. I, I was over 18. Mm -hmm. They couldn't stop me. And, um, and they, you know, gave me their blessing and, um, said, you know, we're here for you. If, if it all goes wrong, then, you know, we we love you and um, we don't agree with what you're doing, but follow your dreams and and go and do it. Yeah. And um, but I do think uh, I really do think that gut instinct is a superpower. Yeah, and we've all had those moments with our parents, haven't we? When you know we know what's best, and I think in your case, you definitely did know what's best. So I'm glad I'm glad you've had a laugh about it. And what was it like moving to the US? Because I mean, you were an adult technically, but you know, you were still quite young to go and make that big move. Was was it scary? Was it challenging? What was it like? I, I was an adult, but I was a kid, um, and so there there were there were challenging moments definitely of okay well you know how am I going to pay my rent and all the rest of it um, in terms of just needing to take part-time jobs and just doing it um, and Mm -hmm. not being proud to do it and um, I'm really I'm really um, proud of the fact that I did it you know on my own and made it work and um Yes, and and I also feel very lucky that that I did have quite a few sliding doors moments when I was in the states, actually, from you know being discovered for modelling to you know that then taking me up to New York and that then introducing me to this fantastic creative, you know, um, but but I was prepared to work hard and I was enthusiastic. 
Yeah. And it definitely, this one decision was a catalyst for so many things that happened to you. And, and I think nowadays, you know, everyone has to have a degree to get anywhere and do But actually, I mean, even I know with my parents, that both of them left school and just got experience on the ground. And there's always this debate, especially within fashion of like, do you learn better just being there on the ground, learning it rather than kind of going through university? And do you think that, you know, you learned a lot about the industry and not just about design but about modeling you know the whole picture you know the, the manufacturing the designing do you think that that gave you that outlook I think I got a fantastic overview um, that I certainly wouldn't have got at fashion college don't get me wrong I think there mm. were things that I didn't have that by going to fashion college, I would have had. But I'm also a big believer in you can't do everything within a business. So, you know, the bits that you're weak on, you get someone very strong to work alongside you in. But yes, it gave me it gave me a fantastic overview. And um, I can honestly say from that time, it gave me an exposure to American work ethic, which right then was you just do it you need to wait tables you just do it you know it's part of your journey it's you know I there are very few American university kids that don't have a second job or you know don't have a job on the side and I think I think there's a lot to be said for that yeah I love that and I love that you had so many experiences in you know America like as you said you got your modeling career, the experiences of understanding work ethic. And I guess when you moved back to the UK and decided to start your fashion label, did anyone ever question the fact that you didn't have your foundation art degree? Never, never, ever. I think as long as you deliver and you're, you're creating a product that someone wants to buy, someone wants to wear, why, why would you even question it and you know that product has to be beautifully made beautifully cut I mean that's the the irony really is that um I never went to to fashion college but I always made clothes ever since I was Mm -hmm. you know whatever 10 um and so fit has always been really really fundamental to me um Yes, I can cut a pattern, but I can't cut a pattern like a master pattern cutter, but I know when the fit is wrong. And so I can work with that master pattern cutter to say, but the shoulder on that jacket is just not quite right. It needs this, it needs that. And Mm -hmm. and then you work with the expert to get it done. It's so inspirational for people because I think your journey, as we say, like wasn't the conventional journey. But I mean, if you hadn't made this one decision to leave, which was a big thing to do, your parents <laughs> said it wasn't, you know, they weren't behind you. It's a scary thing to do. But what an incredible whirlwind you had. And do you think if you had, you know, if you hadn't have gone to the US and you would had stayed in art school, how different do you think your life would be now? Do you ever think about that? I don't. I don't because I don't. I'm not a big believer in regrets or trying to relive something. But when, but I did find myself thinking about that before mm-hmm. this podcast and thinking, I wonder. I I think I'm pretty sure I'd have still started my own label. I wonder the journey that that label would take, how that would have altered. I don't honestly believe the aesthetic would have been any different. So um, it is, it's an interesting one. Um, and 
I may, I may have tripped up less along the way. I don't know. Mm. I don't know. Um, but no regrets. I had, I had an incredible four years in America, and it really was. It was my university education. Mm-hmm. It was my, um, my time of growing up, becoming a becoming an adult such a great way to put it and actually it sounds like what you've done in your life was ingrained from you from the beginning so the journey might have been different to get there but actually you always would have done what you did which which I love. I'm Sandra and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for but you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juvederm.com. Um, and that actually takes us on to your second moment, which is um, Princess Diana, the most photographed woman in the world at the time, wearing an Amanda Wakely suit to resign from public life. And this was credited in the media, giving me huge exposure for my fledgling brand. So this was probably one of the most life-changing moments for you um, and also one that the whole world remembers. So do you want to take us back to that time and explain how it all came about that Diana chose to wear your suit on this momentous occasion? Um, yes, because it was a big moment. Um, and, uh, you know, let, let's not forget that Diana really was the most photographed and famous yeah. woman in the world at that time. It was, you know, before all the massive media attention on um, actors and, you know, red carpets and all of that, she was enormous. Um, And it was before all social media, too, and all of that. And um, I was lucky enough to be introduced by the then deputy editor of Vogue, who Anna Harvey, the late Anna Harvey, sadly, um, who was advising the then Princess of Wales on her wardrobe. And Mm -hmm. um, because obviously she she was incredibly young and suddenly thrown into the media spotlight. And... um, and uh, she said, 
I'd like to introduce you to her because I think A, your style will really suit her. And also, I think you two would really get on. I think you'd have fun on the journey. And um, and we did, I have to say. She was a delight from the moment I met her. And um, so I, I made her quite a lot of her work suits um, and quite a lot of her casual clothes that you would never have seen in in the press. And I had no idea that she was going to be resigning from public life. And I had no idea that she was going to be wearing Amanda Wakely. Wow. So it was as big a surprise to me as that was a suit that she'd ordered anyhow. And it was sitting in her wardrobe. and, And that was the one that she chose to wear on that day. But I mean, talk about the power of clothes. Yeah. A hundred percent. And how did it feel? Because I think what's lovely about this story is, is that, as you say, it was her choice to do this. There were, it wasn't, I, I don't know if it's probably very different now with stylists and brands sure and pushing is, things. Yeah. And, you know, it's lovely for the fact that you built a relationship. She loved your design. She decided to wear it. What was your reaction when you first saw it on her in that moment? I I couldn't believe it. And what I, what I really couldn't believe was the fact that it was credited to me. And because at that time, none of the none of the celebrities or the high, you know the Princess of Wales to none of her outfits were credited, and I had no idea. So I certainly hadn't leaked it to the press. Um, and I and to this day, I don't know. There's some guardian angel out there yeah. that that must have mentioned it to someone who mentioned it to someone, and before I knew it, it was the equivalent of viral. That's Um, incredible. Yeah. So yes, I, you know, in terms of luck, that was, that was huge luck. And where was the brand on its journey at this moment? So where, where kind of was the label and how much did it change things for you? A good question. I had just opened um, my store, my first store on the Fulham Road in Chelsea and uh, it was, you know, I'd literally gone from making to order in my little design studio to my first ready to wear collection, yeah. and which was a huge learning curve, too. And and I am not joking. Talk about the power, the power of celebrity. Suddenly, everyone was walking through the door and that suit, oh needless to say, sold out in, you know, probably a day or two. Um and that really firmly um, put me on the map of a lot of customers, whereas, mm-hmm. you know, I'd probably already received a couple of fashion awards by then anyhow. But in terms of brand awareness or label awareness, um, in terms of customers, that was that was important. I mean, it, what I love about it is it's such an organic moment in your journey. You know, it wasn't pushed upon anyone. It was it was the moment that obviously the universe was saying, this is your moment, Amanda. Yeah. Things are about to change for you. Um, and you've had a lot of these iconic fashion moments throughout your career. What, what do they mean to you when you get them? Because I know we've spoken about how, you know, the everyday person wearing Wakely is lovely, but the big moments that you have, how does it make you feel? Because a lot of the women that wear your clothes, you know, they're not just fashion celebrities, they're in government, they're royals. How, how kind of do these moments make you feel? Just um, calmly, like I'm doing a good job. 
Mm-hmm. And um, I've never been one to bang my chest. I'm, I really struggle with being the centre of attention. I never celebrate my birthday because of that. I hate that sort of yeah. look at me moment. Um, but for me, quietly, it feels really good to have that endorsement, to know, yeah. to know that hopefully... I, I mean, listen to me, I'm, I'm you know, I, I can't even sort of say how, how great, but just to know that I did make an impact on that person's day, their life, their, that moment is a really good feeling. And it's just, a, it's just a personal pat on the back. Yeah. And I think as well, you know, it's these these moments that happen it really also shows the power of influence doesn't it it shows the power of you know when we see people in the style that they're wearing um it can really influence other people and you've had other moments with government and with royals and I think it's it's but what I love the most is that they love your designs and they love what you've created and I guess I wanted to ask you if Diana had chosen to wear another outfit on that day how different do you think life would have been for you and for the brand Gosh, who knows, Jenny? Who knows? Um, maybe a, a slower build at that time. Um, I, you know, that's a sliding door, isn't it? Who yeah. knows? <laughs> who knows exactly? And but it really shows that it's small decisions, you know, that people make throughout, you know, their lives, their everyday lives, that can have such a ripple effect on other people. She wasn't to know on that day that she wore that and how much it would massively change your life because as you said it may not have been credited people may not have known who you were but actually and then that one person that did write your name and it's all these things and I think it makes us conscious of how we can change other people's lives. I think you're absolutely right I um, I'm very very aware of that ripple effect and um, it's something I I learned from my late brother actually Um, you know he always had time for everyone he would mm-hmm. always seek to make everyone's day better and and sort of my my um legacy to him is really trying to do the same whether it's saying good morning to people on the street mm-hmm. or asking the man at the counter at the gas station how he is how's life yes, I and love that. and seeing that transformative smile and someone thinking God, I haven't been asked that question for ages. That's really yeah. nice. Yes, I'll talk about my difficult girlfriend or whatever for 30 seconds and knowing mm-hmm. that that can actually have really impacted in a positive way that person's life is a is a really important thing. I love that. And I'm exactly the same. It doesn't matter who it is. Kindness to strangers is always, always at the forefront of my mind. And now onto your last moment, which I love because it's completely different to anything else that we've <laughs> spoken about. So it's a chance meeting with friends who had just booked an incredible ski mountaineering trip to Antarctica, a life-changing experience. So we love a chance meeting on this podcast. So explain um, how you met them and how this was such a sliding doors moment for you. Yeah, so this was um, nearly two years ago, um, 18 months ago, probably, and um a chance meeting. We have a home in Switzerland and um, we were out in Switzerland for a few days in the summer and um, some great friends of ours were also here and we said, let's let's have supper together. And they said, 
we have just booked this trip of a lifetime to go ski mountaineering in Antarctica. You guys should come. And uh, at that point, and, and Hugh and I had always wanted to go to Antarctica and it's very much a bucket list trip but the thought of actually going and being at one with nature climbing the mountains before skiing down them and not just sitting on a ship and getting off onto the ice every you know day for an hour to look at a seal or look at a penguin but to actually ski down to the seals to watch the penguins catapult themselves out of the water onto the ice right by you that you had just skied down just it was just a magical magical um possibility so so that in terms of sliding doors uh that that was definitely one and how often did you kind of usually see these friends so was there ever a kind of a chance that you may have not seen them for dinner on that night and kind of were they did you see them often absolutely the the chances were slim. It's it's the summer. Um, they live in Cornwall. We tend to be in the Mediterranean in the summer. It was a chance that we were both in the mountains for a couple of days at the same yeah. time in August. It's it was really random, really random. And really meant to be as well, um, it sounds like. And I know you've mentioned and described some of the trip, but was there anything on that trip that really was kind of life-changing for you? I think being in Antarctica is life-changing. You know, the um, trip leader, uh, we had these fantastic lectures every night from either different ski guides from around the world or uh, the founder of this trip who's done more north and south poles than anyone else i think and and he said in in his lecture um he said you will all come away from here being unofficial ambassadors for antarctica and it's so true it is the Mm -hmm. most magical otherworldly place that i have ever visited we've ever visited and in fact um I was writing a piece on it a few days after we came back, um, which hopefully is about to be published. And it's interesting. I found myself sort of signing off the piece. I find myself missing the place viscerally. It Mm -hmm. sinks so deeply into your soul. It's so, so different from the crazy busy life that we all lead. And even, even being in Switzerland, up on the glaciers and high mountains, all of that, which is a wonderful thing to do. This is, this is just different. You know, Mm -hmm. it's edgy too. You know, you're, you're very aware of life and death and Mm -hmm. the danger and you're, you're climbing with, you know, four of you at a time with a ski guide, all roped up, all taking that roping very seriously. The rope is tight between, you know, each of you. And, you know, there are crevasses everywhere. It's, you know, it's not for the faint hearted. In fact, you know, it's, it's an amazing thing to do. But I also got back and I realized, actually, that was in fact my mother read the piece that I wrote and she said I'm really glad I didn't know all that detail before you went Um, you realized that that it was quite edgy you know there were there were some really dangerous elements to it I mean 
don't don't get me wrong the the um it was it was really brilliantly run but oh, nature yeah, in itself is dangerous if a glacier carves which it means you know a chunk of it falls off into the sea creating a new iceberg it also creates a mini tidal wave that can turn a little zodiac over very quickly and if you end up in the water albeit with a life jacket on you're dead in 2 minutes unless you're out yeah. of that water so you you just are very aware of all of that stuff that stuff on the edge yeah i mean it's amazing it's so brave and it's also just so taking yourself out of your comfort zone and do you think you know because i think about kind of as you get older sometimes you know if you think about kids when they when they ski when they're younger they're fearless they go and then as you get older you just get all this fear mounted on top of you do you feel like the time that you kind of were in your life when you were asked by these friends to go on the trip do you feel like you were at a stage where maybe at another time if they'd have asked you, you would have said no do you think then was the right time you were ready to kind of take that that adventurous risk I think it was a bit of a now or never thing because yeah. it it was uh, a very brave thing to do. I worked very hard on my fitness so that I wasn't going to be the slowest. Um, I probably still was, but hey ho, um, doesn't matter. And um, you know, it, it's a it's a very physical adventure, and you know, time ticks on. And you're right, you. I do think you slightly get a little bit more realistic about mm -hmm. your bravery quotient as you get older. Yes. <laughs> um, you know, I used to be a very keen slalom water skier. And now wow. do I really want to hit the deck at 50 miles an hour? You know, uh, that's sort of fracturing ribs territory. And I've done that yeah. enough times and I've had enough of doing that. Yeah, so, no, for sure. <laughs> So, um, so yes, it was a, it probably was a now or never moment. Um, and, and wow, what, what a privilege just to have explored that part of the world for, for the time that we did. I mean, amazing that you did it. Cause as I say, sometimes the realistic side of our brain can take over and be like, don't do this. It's too, but I mean, even from the minutes that you've just spoken about it, I'm inspired by it. It sounds like the most amazing place to go. And I think I've done lots of experiences and traveling and gone on my own to New Zealand and places. And do you think it's kind of really important for us to really have these experiences in life? Because I think what I always take away from them is, is that there's such a bigger world out there, not only to see, but there's people, there's there's more than just the everyday that we get consumed with. And do you think it was really good for you to be able to see such a kind of contrast to your everyday life? I, I think absolutely. And um, I think we're, we get very caught up in the hamster wheel of life. And mm -hmm. all I can say is life whizzes by very quickly. Those decades just churn very quickly and you know we've we've got to watch saving everything up until then or until and you know until the time is perfect and um because before you know it that time that moment has passed or yeah. you know we're we're lucky enough to be here to have the choice but not everyone is as as we all you know know people that no longer have that choice and so I do think, yes, there's probably never perfect moments to go and explore or um, try new things. But I think, I think that old saying of of 
um, get outside your comfort zone and travel to somewhere you've never traveled once a year is is a really lovely yeah. um, sort of theory to to have in your life if Definitely. possible and if possible yeah of course of course and do you think then that you know we spoke a bit before about the ripple effect do you think if you you know you hadn't have gone on this trip when you did it wouldn't have had the same impact that the ripple effect of the trip has had on you now of how you think about things and how you deal with things at this stage in your life yes but I think that's true of so many things Mm -hmm. in our lives isn't it um that that ripple effect and that just uh that way that life unfolds and just do we do we grab those moments a hundred percent and it gives you confidence in everything else that you do like when you know that you've been able to as you say put yourself in these life you know threatening moments where an iceberg could fall you then kind of when you're presented with moments in everyday life that used to seem like they were the biggest things you're like well I, I did that I know I mean I I did have to dig very deep I have to say and I and part of my digging deep was saying okay you're going to be the fittest and the strongest you possibly can be to go there but though you know there, there was a moment that I was packing my bag uh, you know with the kit list because the bag was mainly <laughs> it wasn't full of cozy cashmere yeah. for the ship it was an ice axe crampons you know uh, I mean your avalanche bleeper your you know your avalanche probe your this your that (laughs) everything that's like don't go don't go oh god there was a moment I thought what are what have you signed up for um but they you just sort of you have to remember that moment of excitement of this is going to be the trip of a lifetime um and know that you will as we were saying grow from that experience um, but but I did I did have a moment of when I came back and I was writing up the whole trip, just more as a personal journal, thinking, shit, did I do that? Yeah, it was almost it. surreal. It really yeah. was almost surreal, and I and I and I found myself, you know, feeling really quite quite high on the achievement, the personal 100%. achievement. Yeah. And being proud of yourself and knowing when you are in those tough moments, you can stand there and be like, I've done all of this and I can get through this. So um, I love that. And Amanda, I've absolutely loved chatting to you today and finding out all about the Slangdoll's moments of your life. They're brilliant. And I love this new chapter that you're on. I think your podcast is brilliant. I'm so excited for the new series and to kind of find out more about other people's style in their lives. Um, so thank you so much for joining me today. Jenny, it's been a lovely, lovely chat. I've really enjoyed it. And thank you for including me in your Sliding Doors podcast. It's a pleasure. Thanks, Amanda. Take care. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Sliding Doors. If you've enjoyed our chat and found it inspiring, I would love it if you could rate, review, share and subscribe. Thank you so much. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. 
For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you.